0: decision paralysis more options even good ones can actually freeze us and make us retreat to a default plan which in you know certain cases is painful and is actually invasive you know the behavior to doing this is actually not rational but it is human so this decision paralysis comes down to the really the rational part of our brain not knowing what to do and not being directed in the proper way and not being able to, you know, map the clear sense of critical moves. So just to provide some context with this, you know, researchers like Jonathan Haidt, all these guys basically studied neurology and studied the human brain and it found that obviously there's a doer and a planner in the brain and there's a rational and an emotional side of the brain. And Jonathan Haidt lays this out very, very well in some of his more famous books. And what he says is we have the rational writer, you know, like a, something, someone writing something, and then we have an emotional part of our brain, which is an elephant. So you can see this as, you know, the writer basically directs the elephant. It, it lays out the plan It's the rational side. It goes, we're heading, um, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to move at this pace. And the elephant is the one that actually takes action and does it. But if the elephant doesn't agree with the rider, if the elephant is thrown off, and remember the elephant's the emotions, the elephant can buck the rider off easily. So you have to have both joining in perfectly in combination. And this is what most people struggle to do. Either they have like way high anxiety and uh, they have decision paralysis, which is, you know, you probably have a pretty strong rational part of the brain, if if it's justified rationale you're using, and, or people are way emotional and go off everything and in intuition and don't use any logic or rationale. And in combination with this, you know, in the past, I've talked about this with uh, the elephant and the rider, there's some previous podcasts you can go back and listen to, but Another way of seeing it is, uh, you know, the the rider is the steering wheel in your car and the elephant is the gas pedal. So, if you just have the rider and you don't have the elephant, which if you just have the steering wheel and you don't have the gas, you're not going to go anywhere. You can turn the wheels and point in any direction you want, you're not going to get anywhere. And if you just have the gas pedal and no steering wheel, well you're just gonna, you might end up going in the wrong direction. and That'll take you even further back than you were before. And this is what happens to a lot of people. They don't have a clear sense of direction. So the more choices the writer is offered, the more exhausted the writer gets, you know, there's, there's something called glycogen in our brain, we have a finite amount of glycogen, I think it's like three to five major boosts of glycogen. So like, if you know in the beginning these are basically like major decisions you have to make that that really require rationale and actually deep thought, and most people waste this they basically numb their glycogen by you know every morning they wake up they check their phone right away That's like the first thing they do, and that requires glycogen so really you need to really think deeply about what you do during the day and what you 're expending your mental and physical energy on so now that we know this, that the more choices the writer is offered, the more exhausted he gets. Have you ever noticed, you know, shopping is a lot more tiring than other kinds of things of light activity? Now you know why. It's all those choices. It's the bombardment. And in today's world, we're bombarded with thousands of ads a day. You might not notice it, but thousands of ads. They're on the food that we eat. They're in the books that we read. They're They're all over online. Everywhere you drive, billboard ads. Um, different businesses, all these different things, thousands of ads a day. And our brain is not used to this. Our primal brain is not adapted for ads. And it's so many cognitive biases basically hitting our mind. You know, Charlie Munger has his 25 cognitive biases, which we talk about a lot, and we won't get into that much today. But basically, they hit the Lollapalooza effect, which is you're using multiple cognitive biases and hitting our brain. And that's really why shopping and other things like that, Actually, leave your brain more depleted, and now you know why. It's all the choices, and it's important to know because we encounter excess choices all around us. Consider, you know, consider all the things that you're you're hit on a day to day basis. And the bottom line is, decision paralysis disrupts medical decisions, and retail decisions, and investment decisions, and dating decisions. You need to you need to go out on a limb and suggest that it might affect the decision in your job and life too. So you need to realize that this has a deep impact on you. This isn't something you just gloss over. And, uh, you know, there's this really interesting book called The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz. And he puts it, he puts this basically about, you know, decision fatigue and analysis paralysis. And what he says is, as we face more options, we become overloaded. Choices no longer liberates, it deliberates. Very, very important. So. A lot of the times, what you need to practice is if if the decision really isn't going to have long-term effects, you can basically group things. So as you begin to do this more, you can go, okay, this decision, all decisions have a half-life. Another way of seeing a half-life is like second-order consequences, or if you're more familiar with the financial world, it's opportunity costs. So it's not just the upfront costs like time, energy, and monetary costs, but it's the half-life. It's it's what you could have done if you substituted those things, the time, energy, and monetary costs, if you would have substituted those for something else. So, you know, when choices no longer liberate us, they deliberate us, like he says, you know, we become overloaded, it may be said, um, he says it might even be said to tyrannize. So, so this is a serious thing. This isn't something you should gloss over. This isn't something you should be like, oh, okay. I remember he said that, and then you'll forget it within a day. No, no, no. You need to realize this is happening to you every day. That's what we focus here on the Modern Academy. These things that happen to us every day, psychological things, business things, life things, really we kind of break things up into the four pillars of life, which is health, wealth, love, and happiness. And this affects all of them. We're presented with a myriad of choices. We live in an abundant world. And with all these choices, like like Barry Schwartz says, is we become overloaded. So as I was talking about, you can kind of begin to categorize things. And I was talking about half-life, opportunity costs, and second order consequences is everything, every action you do, really even every thought you make, every thought that goes through your brain, conscious thoughts and both subconscious, but uh, first get the conscious ones down is what I've learned. Um, All of those have second-order consequences. So what you think is what you think about. And although that seems basic, you know, like if you're watching YouTube today and you're just watching a shit ton of the news and sad things that are going on with the coronavirus, well, that's what you're going to be thinking about. And if you're watching something that's doubling down on your brain or listening to something like this, that's what you're going to be thinking about. And people don't realize this has tremendous effects. Nobody really understands this fully. Trust me, you would take you do many different things and act in a very different way if you fully understood this most people think they understand this but just like warren buffett and charlie munger say about opportunity costs you know every year we think we know more about it but every year we realize we're just really at the beginning and you want to become a lifelong learner you want to be humbled by things like this you know it's, it's so powerful to realize if you can actually analyze opportunity costs and uh second order consequences in the half life of things and be able to put things in a bucket. Like, let's say you have a decision today, you know, well, am I going to eat uh, a burger tonight for dinner or am I going to eat a salad? Well, will that choice, how long will those half, how long will that half life last? Well, you know, if you already have the food at home and you're prepping it, I would say, you know, probably under five days, right? You know, you'll digest the food, you probably will forget about it in less than three days. But let's say you have a decision of whether or not to to either, um, you know, go and let's say uh, invest in the stock market or invest in crypto or invest in real estate versus putting all that off, not caring about it and watching Netflix (laughs) or, you know, putting all that off and hanging out with friends. You know, that's that's two different options. So. What happens is we're presented with all these choices and we, we are the only ones who can decide, you know, you, you don't want to have the victim mentality where you think like other people decide for me. No, no, no. You want to take responsibility of your, responsibility of your actions in your life because you are really, you're the only one who has got you to where you're at today. If you look at your life, look at your house, look at your living situation, look at the people around you. It is all you. You made all of those things. Nobody else, you. You. And you really need to accept this, and realize that you make the decisions on a day to day basis, and you can analyze the half life and the second order consequences. So when you begin to do this, wrapping it back to a very very, uh, Schwartz says in his book Paradox of Choice, you can begin to make quick decisions, quick, quick, quick. So my whole point with this is you can group things into, let's say like the half life of these things is a day to a week, or the half life of doing the investment is a year to 20 years or the half-life of uh, working out. I would say that's a month. You know, all these things have half-lives and they affect you down the road. So it's exact same with, uh, you know, if you decide to go on a vacation that has a half-life and you can analyze the ups and the downs of it. Um, You know, a lot of these things do. And the thing is, is a lot of us make these unconscious decisions on a day-to-day basis just because we fall into habit. You know, as uh, I think it's Thomas Edison said, is the chains of habits are too strong to be felt until we can't release them. He says something along those lines. And it's very interesting because ambiguity is exhausting to the writer. So because the writer is tugging on the reins of the elephant, remember, rational rider, emotional elephant, part of the brain, steering wheel, gas pedal. So, because it's it's tugging on the reins of the elephant, trying to direct it down the down the path. So it's trying to make the correct decision while it's got this, you know, we, we all have this emotional side of our brain, which is impossible to master. We've all been kind of, it's, uh, you know, the burden of, of human consciousness in a way. You know, we all have to deal with it. We, we Most of us really don't control our thoughts. And when the road is uncertain, the elephant will insist on taking the default path. So you must understand this, you know, if, if things are uncertain like this, for example, we're in this time of the coronavirus, COVID-19, people are quarantined, people go back to their natural habitat. Like, they go to whatever is most comfortable. Most humans default to whatever is most comfortable. It's, 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 again, that's actually one of the 25 cognitive biases in our brain. You go back to certainty bias. So what are you certain that will be comfortable? And you kind of make up this certainty. It's not really a truth certainty, but uncertainty makes the elephant anxious. You need to understand this. And, you know, think of how in an unfamiliar place you gravitate towards a familiar face. You know, there's that uh, interesting show on Netflix. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but it's called 100 Humans. And one of the things they find for like human attractiveness is if it's, I was kind of pissed off about the experiment because of other things, but uh, I actually watched a little bit of it with my family like a month ago. And what they were talking about is, you know, what is most attractive to humans? So if you just run through like a a series of um, faces and pictures, what is most attractive? And what they showed was, it wasn't all the things you would think, like, I thought it would be symmetry, personally. And uh, because they just basically showed like mug shots, essentially. And it was familiarity, which... I thought it was like a fixed experiment and, you know, we, we, before it, we didn't have context, but they had like shown this one girl throughout the show. And then they'd shown her in the, like when they did all the snapshots of the faces and they are like familiarity, which is true, but I didn't think that was a factor at play. And, you know, that's what we gravitate towards is a familiarity. And that's why, you know, decision paralysis can be deadly for change. So, you know, that's why like a lot of people get quote unquote homesick when they go to college or go move away from home. And, you know, the most familiar path is always the status quo. So if other people are doing it, it's a lot easier to do it. You know, there's always that parents say to their kids, if if everybody else was jumping off a bridge with you, most kids would because most kids, that's the status quo, you know, in that situation, that is the status quo that they're, you know, that hypothetical situation. And... It's interesting to analyze this and actually understand how you need to direct the writer, keeping this in mind, keeping in mind the, uh, you know, that these forces are at play in our minds and realizing that, you know, this status quo will always try and penetrate your mind, will always try to go underneath your consciousness and really kind of spring up in areas that you may not want it to be. And it's, it's very, very important that you realize this and have conscience, conscious thought and effort when it comes to, you know, really battling off these these negative impulses that we all experience and really doubling down on focusing on making quick decisions on the things that have the small half-life. So that was kind of what we we're talking about when I went off on that rant about half-life and uh, second order consequences, which I talked about yesterday as well. But uh Basically, you want to be able to group things. Like if it's going to have, have a half-life of the rest of your life, like if one of these things is going to have the half-life, of so like getting married, having a kid, most likely investing in a property, you know, these things, very long half-lives. So you need to, those things, you should save up your glycogen. You know, if, if you have to choose between making that decision and deciding what you're going to eat tonight, what's already in your fridge. I think most people obviously would spend much more time on, uh, on the big decision on who you're going to marry. But the funny thing is, is people don't, and you don't want to fall into this trap. People do this, they don't know how to properly expend glycogen. Basically, if you want to learn more about that, you can research it. I can do more episodes on it, but uh, I don't want to bore you with like, the science of glycogen, but just realize you have a finite amount in your mind, and you have a finite amount of time and a finite amount of energy. You choose where you put it and where you invest your time and energy. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe. Thanks for listening, and until next time.